Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Hello, friends. My name is Joe Armstrong. Welcome to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Everett Coast. Musicians have been pairing up for centuries. Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel were far from the first musicians to realize the utility of having another voice to complement their own. But writing and performing with another person adds more than just another voice to one's music. It provides another person to share the spoils and tribulations of being in a band. Despite all the glamorous music videos and pie-in-the-sky dreams of limousines and guitar-shaped pools, a life in music can mean a lot of lonely stretches of highway and feast or famine periods of income. But perhaps most importantly, having another voice adds a whole other dimension to a single melody, and that is the blessed element of harmony. Danny Byrne and Josh Misko comprise a Los Angeles-based duo called Everett Coast. Both musicians were independent acoustic guitarists, singers, and songwriters when they were introduced to one another by a teacher at Musicians Institute in Hollywood in 2011. Each decided they liked what they heard out of the other, and they decided to join forces and form a band. In Everett Coast, Byrne and Misko harmonize well, and their feel-good songs bounce along to a groovy beat that gets audiences moving and singing along. Everett Coast has a pair of EPs available, and they maintain an active performance schedule up and down the West Coast. Welcome to Independence Day, Everett Coast. Gentlemen, hello. Hey, hey. And I use that term loosely. How are you? Uh, Yeah. Excellent. Good. How are you doing? doing, Very, very nice. Let's introduce you once so that people know who we're dealing with here. We've got, uh, the band is two people, but there's a third along with today, right? Because it's the Everett Coast moniker is you guys. Danny yes, and Josh, yes. right? Yes, indeed. Okay, yeah. stop saying sir, man. Sir's my dad. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, Joe. <laughs> I'm not that old, man. God's sake. Uh, so the, but the band proper is, is, consists of two guys. Uh, both play acoustic guitar. Both play uh, both they sing. Maybe some uh, ukulele mix in there as well. It's Danny Byrne and Josh Misko. Say hello, guys. Hello, hey, hello. Hey. And then, of course, on percussion today, we have Nick Innick. Say hello, Nick. Howdy. Now, you're kind of a part-time member, but you play and you do a lot of other stuff, too. You've got your own entertainment company. You play drums you play drums with other bands, too? Yes, I do. I actually met these guys a couple of years ago at Mixology over in uh, at the Grove. Where was that? In, uh, yeah, at the Beverly Grove. Hills? Yeah, at the Grove. Yeah. And uh, I was playing with another artist that night, and um, they performed before us. And when they got off the stage, like, man, you guys are awesome. Yeah. And you bring a lot of cute girls to your show. So <laughs> how do I get that gig? And yeah. uh, we, we just hit it off from there, played with them for quite a bit. And, um, and they went duo for a while after that. And we've been in and out. We've had a couple other drummers and percussionists on this gig, but it's been an awesome yeah. ride. And, it, and this is kind of a funny left field question to get started with. But like you mentioned girls. Ooh. It seems like a lot of us, a lot of musicians, you know, male musicians, maybe female, some female musicians mm-hmm. too, like they get into the business specifically for that reason. Mm. You know, you say it kind of in a joking, offhanded kind of way. Did but I? But I see you grinning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm very serious. You know, your music, you know, Josh, Danny, your music, uh, it kind of caters to... And I said caters to women. That sounds funny. It makes it sound like it's it's all pink and it's got you know it's got ribbons and stuff. But like, but no, like you know, there's a thing about girls coming to shows. Like when you guys got started, was that kind of part of the reason that got you into music? I mean, in my own bio, I think it says like I jokingly refer to it as like you know I got into it to impress girls. Ooh. Uh, well, I mean, this is Josh. Um, I mean, I can't say that that doesn't have something to do with it. 
you know, Danny and I started working together about what, dude, we're coming up on six years now. Six, six years, almost yeah. six years ago. The band was founded in like 2000. Took a little while for us to get on our feet. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I know uh, that definitely had something to do with it when I first started playing music when I was right. little. It was a whole, it was a whole bunch of different things that you know. I won't get too deep into that family stuff, right. but but uh, yeah, I, I can't say that that doesn't have something to do with and it. And you? Uh, well, I started at a very young age playing piano. And uh, somewhere along the lines in high school, I picked up the guitar and I realized that b just by picking up a guitar, I got a whole lot more attention from girls. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to switch to the guitar just because, you know, musically it's a better choice. But yeah, you know, we all know the real reason. It's funny. Because, you know, <laughs> I've had I've had girls tell me like there's uh, and I'm curious to see what the female listeners would think about this. But like the, the watching of the playing of the guitar, because it's a very hand you're holding it. You know, seriously. Yeah. And then the girls like to watch. They say, yeah, I've had so many girls say, like, I like to watch your hands while you play. And there's something to that. I don't know, girls? <laughs> call us up. <laughs> we don't have a hotline, so call us on 1-800. Oh yes. Email us. <laughs> anyway, so I'm talking with Everett Coast. Now, where are you guys based exactly? I know you're Southern California, but where specifically? Uh, Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks. Oh, yeah. beautiful. The Valley. The, the Valley. Valley. There's yes. a lot of porn out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you yeah. feel it around you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear it. You can hear it. <laughs> Just walking down the street. Yeah, and you guys are very, very. Are you are you roommates as well? I mean, yeah. you guys are pretty like you're tight. Yes. Oh yeah, you know, friends and musicians and mm -hmm. cohabitators and all that kind of thing. He's like so, my brother. Yeah, yeah, and that's what, and I love to hear that kind of thing because that's the type of relationship I I want to hear that musicians who play well together have mm -hmm. because you've got like the kinks like Ray and Dave Davies who would like. They'd get in fist fights on stage. They hated each other. Oh, God. You know, I mean, so it, it goes a couple different ways. You know, so I'm, I, I like seeing that. I like it seeing when uh, musicians like doing it together, yeah. and they like making it together, like making this music thing together, because mm -hmm. it's more than just the music; it's the camaraderie mm -hmm. that's part of it. Yeah, uh, you guys have got a brand new EP. Yeah, yes, uh, indeed. And then yeah. I want to talk about because you've got you, you guys have a pattern of releasing EPs. So I wanna, I wanna, I've got a specialist here. We're going to talk to you about this EP thing you guys have got going on here. But Perfect. first, I want to play a track from that EP so people can hear what you sound like here. Uh, so this first track we're going to play, it's the title track off your EP. It's called Lift Off. It just came out. Uh, digital tracks were available on March 26th. And by now, probably, I'm thinking that digital or actual physical copies. Are you guys doing CDs? Yeah. Doing vinyl, anything like that? Just CDs? Not vinyl as of right now, but for sure CD duplication. Okay. You know. And you guys can pick that up at everettcoast.com. So this is the track Lift Off from Everett Coast here on Independence Day. Chances, the world's apart. You take your time, and I'll make my star. We'll meet between planets and stars, planets and stars. Like comets fly, we both depart. The speed of light with anxious heart. Diamonds of white in a sea of black, soon to embrace. Never look back, never look back. So lift up tonight, leave a trail like the northern lights. I'll be there, your satellite. 
of you and what we are I will meet between the stars We're suspended in our fate You're the gravity I crave All I need is what we are Looks like the planets and the stars aren't very far So lift up to see your stars till each time I see you I leave in awe that you would choose me to receive your heart means a lot that you hold me with steep regard you saw God in the universe showed you the way shine like a supernova on the darkest of days used to find the darkest of shades wasn't ready for the glare now I'm prepared to supersede air your palms in my hands and both our eyes closed I'm leading this dance amongst the cosmos to a song co-written by Apollo my Houston and make it hard for hate to swallow you vibrate to violets and pinks I'm feeling your vibe baby use a vibrant thing the new Q-tip. Took me near the apple bomb on the trip Wherever it coats music Yeah So let's go My name is Joe Armstrong. That is an awesome song by the band, also a duo, I guess I should say. Uh, Southern California-based band called Everett Coast, E-V-E-R-E-T-T, Coast. And uh, they've got a handful of EPs out. You can drop by everettcoast.com to hear everything you need to know about them. Also, facebook.com slash everettcoast, instagram.com slash everettcoast. And you can follow them on Twitter at everettcoast. That whole band naming thing, the naming convention, you know, it's like a big thing because you now... Back in the day, you used to have to literally go to the library and look up and see what patents were registered or trademarks oh, were registered for yeah. a band name. And now oh, you wow. just you pull your phone out mm-hmm. and see if there's already somebody named Everett Coast in Cleveland or whatever. Yeah. We actually did that exact thing. Yeah, we did. Um, so you've, we touched on this right before we went to the break. You guys, you've done three EPs. Now, one is kind of like your very formative one, like your nascent stage. You released it, and you guys don't press those anymore. But you've had another EP... Happened on Hey Hey California a couple years ago in 2013. This brand new one that just dropped. Why keep making EPs? Is this like this must be a conscious decision as as opposed to making a full length album? Um. Well. Well, basically, uh, you know, EP stands for extended play. LP stands for long play, and it just comes down to a matter of uh, running time in minutes of how long the the collection of of songs right, is. Right, no, we're aware or, of what an EP is, but why right, an EP right. as opposed to a longer length record? So uh, at this point in our career, uh, getting together 10 songs is just a little bit out of our budget, you know? And so it's a lot easier to put together, a, a, to envision a collection of songs that's, you know, tells a story within four songs or within five songs, sometimes six songs, um, that still gives a cohesive picture of what the artist is about. Um, Basically, budget. You know, we, okay. we've uh, we just haven't been able to afford a collection of songs that's ten, twelve songs. You know, it just gets it gets expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. Now, you are you guys producing these yourselves? Uh, we've worked with a number of producers along the way. One of which is named John Keller. He's uh, you know in his time was a heavy hitter in the songwriting industry, and um, and 
we worked with a guy named Danny Bellastocki at Revolution 9 Studios in Hollywood, and he helped us out with our Hey Hey California EP production-wise a lot. And this next one is basically just us producing it. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the, you know, people do... You, are you doing these in studios? Like you're going to a studio because you can do so much at home now. Are you every track in a studio or do you kind of hybridize, do some at home, like come home and do a tambourine and then take that back? Or every, is, are all the tracks laid down in the studio? We actually did that exact thing for Hey Hey California. We did okay. everything in a studio uh, minus tambourine and shaker, <laughs> which yeah. we did in our apartment, you know, and then we just took the tracks back to the studio. We loaded them in the session. And yeah, I mean, technology has really enabled us as performers and as, you know, we've all become producers of our own music to a certain extent because mm-hmm. studio time although it's become cheaper, you know, digital technology has made recording a cheaper process than it once was. Um, you mean you, you know, with a halfway decent mic, a halfway decent audio interface, and even GarageBand, you can record something at home on the cheap. You know, and so many bands that I have on the show do that very thing. Or you do what you did, which is a hybridized thing. You, you lay down your tracks with the really nice mics and the really nice mic pre's and the, the nice room in the studio where you don't have to worry about garbage trucks driving by, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, but you don't need, you know, a $6,000 microphone to record a tambourine. You know, sure, it's right. nice. Yeah. You know, but why not do that at home, you know, for nothing? We recently just got access to a studio uh, through a good buddy of ours named Aaron Brown, and we have been recording a lot of our tracks in there because of exactly what you just said, you know, it's not it's not difficult to uh, if you get into a good room, a good soundproof room, you get a halfway decent mic, and you can get really yeah. professional sounds. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of tricks you learn too. Like I do voiceover work from time to time, just out of my home studio here, not a ton, but some. And you know, I, I, if it's a, if it's really critical, I get a, an A frame ladder, and I take a couple blankets and I just lay it over the top of the ladder, and I sit in that little space under the ladder on a chair with my laptop in front of me and a mic. And I just record all the stuff that way. And, you know, no, nobody's the wiser. That's, that's what everybody does now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's websites like Voice123, and there's other ones, too, where, you know, voiceover artists used to get paid money. Mm. And now they don't get paid much money at all. But I guess that's right. kind of how everybody is now. Yeah. I don't know. Nick, tell me about your, you know, your company. You're, you're making money. Like, that's your gig, right? This oh, that's inter- the illusion, yes. I'm so <laughs> glad that people think that. Or are you like, are you like pouring <laughs> cement for sidewalks to make make? Living? Well, we do live in the San Fernando Valley, and there are other extracurricular, uh, you know, endeavors that entrepreneurs can get themselves into. Um, but, yeah, uh I've owned High Empire Entertainment since 2009. It's a talent agency. We book out a lot of singer-songwriter, original artists, much like Everett Coast, and um, try to place them in a lot of different venues and stuff. But we're moving into repositioning the company into placing a lot of the original material into television and film, um, more independent type stuff right now. Yeah. But we, we hope to see that grow over the few, you know, next few years. And that's a very, that's a very important revenue stream for musicians now. Whereas one point, a lot of musicians really shied away from that. They didn't want their music to be associated with dove hand, you know, uh, <laughs> dish soap or whatever, you know, now, you know, artists clamor to get, you know, uh, money to get, uh, what am I looking for? Relationships with that kind of thing, especially TV and movies, because you can make it. it's an important revenue stream for it people. Is. It you is. know, it's not like the days of Tom Waits suing Doritos for using a sound alike song. Although I imagine he would probably continue to do the same thing. <laughs> um, how about a live song? Let's just dive right in. You guys have got some new music here. Uh, although I think this first track you're going to play is from your, your last EP, which wasn't that terribly long ago. I think this is uh, Hey Hey California. Yeah. All right, play this for me, guys. The name of our band is Everett Coast. We're going to play a song called Hey Hey California. 
hoping you know how far I would go for your love. You think you've seen it all before. I'm gonna show you that I can outgrow you, darling. You leave me wanting more. But now I'm far, far away in East Tennessee. I just need another drink in front of me. It's been a long day, I'm right across the country. It'll be a long day I'm done till I come home I'm plucking petals off of flowers It's been eight months, three days, two hours Every moment I miss you more But baby, when I get home, I know We'll pick up where we left off in this show I'm living and we'll come to a close Till I'm back out on the road But now I'm far, far away in East Tennessee I just need another drink in front of me It's been a long day I'm not across the country And it'll be a long day I'm not till I come home Come on, Denny Sunsets on the horizon Only one thing on my mind Is I say, hey, hey California Counting county lines and street signs Anything to pass the time As I sing, hey, hey California Hey, hey California But now far, far away in East Tennessee I just need another drink in front of me It's been a long day I'm right across the country And it'll be a long day I'm time till I come home Yeah, yeah. I said I'm far, far away in East Tennessee I just need another drink in front of me It's been a long day I'm right across the country And it'll be a long day I'm time till I come home I said it's been a long day Across the country As I sing Hey, hey California that is the duo Everett Coast with the song Hey, Hey, California, which is the title track, correct? Off their last EP, which yeah. just came out just a couple years ago. Uh, you can find that at everettcoast.com. Follow them on Twitter. They're fully branded as Everett Coast, and you know where to find them. You guys have been playing together now for eight years? Six. Band's been founded, was founded in like 2011, but we started about a year and a half before to really go from the individual songwriter vibe to duo and all that good stuff. So yeah, okay. it's been a while. Take me back to like your, your form musical experiences each of the two of you guys you know before you started playing together because you've been playing a long time before you met each other and started hooking up like you describe yourself in high school you know which kid were you okay well this is josh and um you know i started playing i started playing guitar when uh, i think i was just i was 14 or maybe just before 14 and i don't want to get too deep into that you know the reason I did was uh, based off like family stuff and music was a really great out for me i'm from a very small town and you know stuff like that but um as I grew up in high school, you know, my mom, my mom told me, she's like, I'll buy you a guitar and get you into music if, if you like write your own music and make this worth something. Cause at the time we were, uh, you know, struggling like anybody else was. And so money wasn't easy to just go, Oh, you want to buy a nice guitar? Sure. I'll just go buy you one right now. Yeah. You know? So she's like, yo, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to, it's going to be worth an investment, you know? Right. And so 
in high school, um, you know, during studies and all that stuff, I, I played basketball and did sports and I did, I did my music as much as I could. And, um, I used it as my out. And then once high school was over, went to Channel Island State University in Camarillo where I realized, you know, uh, the studies just aren't for me, man. I, I want to go to music school and I want to, you know, figure out how to make this my life. I want to rock. Yeah, I want to rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I ended up going to Musicians Institute um, and uh, studying vocals because at the time I didn't know much about technique and things like that. And so just kind of developed from there. You know? And then did you meet uh, did you meet Danny at MI? Indirectly, yes. Okay. Um, we we both at different times. I think Danny went one year before me. Um, so. We both at different times studied under an amazing songwriter publisher. Her name's Annika Paris. She's amazing, and uh, we we consider her our mentor and very close friend. And she actually introduced us, and um, the rest was pretty much history. She introduced us, and I literally moved in with him two weeks later. <laughs> oh wow! Which is pretty ridiculous, but it yeah. consummated the relationship right away. Yeah, <laughs> we don't waste time. Okay, Danny. <laughs> now, Danny, do the same for me. Like, take yourself back. Like, were you like music is even like uh, uh, you know Drive By Truckers? Oh like yeah, this band. Uh, they're based out of Athens, Georgia. Um, uh, Patterson Hood, the singer. Like, he's a big guy, but he always talks about like you know he'd get beat up all the time because like in, he grew up in Alabama where uh, football was the thing and sports was the thing. You know, it's kind of tough man's mm -hmm. kind of territory. But he was always into music, so like that was his escape too. Even as a guy who grew up to be like six four or whatever, you know, he's not some big buff guy, but he wanted to do art. You know, he wanted to write, he wanted to do poetry, he wanted to do music and painting and things like that. So it's an escape for some people. Was it like that for you too? Um, yeah. Well, I was uh, from six years old or even younger, maybe four or five years old, was uh, um, put into classical piano lessons. Okay. And that continued on through just about high school. And then I went to um, an all-guys Catholic high school in Sacramento. It was Jesuit high school. And um, the curriculum became too heavy to balance both the uh, classical piano lessons and also a, you know, a college preparatory high school curriculum. It was, right, just, right. It was tough. So I, I dropped the uh, piano, focused on, on um, my work in high school. And uh, from there, I picked up the guitar because it's just easier to carry around. And Yeah, exactly. It's portable. So I got into guitar in, in high school. And then when I went to college, I went to Sac State. And that's when I got into singing and writing music. And then uh, when I graduated from Sac State, I was like, I graduated with a degree in economics, and it was either go into business right. or follow this thing that I've already done my entire life, you know, from yeah. four or five years old until I went to MI. And How did your folks feel about that decision? Uh, they were hugely supportive, really? which is That's awesome. Cool. I, was, I was, like, nervous to tell them. I remember to tell them, like, uh, you know, Mom, Dad, I want to moved to Los Angeles and go to Musicians Institute. And Coming I was, out of the closet as a, as a musician. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, like I said, um, you know, I was hugely nervous, but I, you know, I had graduated. I, I got good grades and all of that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so they said, you know, if you want to do this, son, we support it. Go for it. Yeah. And so, I love hearing stories like that. Yeah. So then, so then you went to MI. Went to MI. And yes. you, as a guitarist or as a vocalist, like how do they do their program of study there? Like do they... They do, uh, um, you know, GIT is Guitar Institute. Right, right, okay. So GIT, KIT, VIT, uh, so keyboard, vocals, bass. Um, now they have an independent artist program. And so at the time I went, I studied guitar and vocals and also a little bit of engineering. Um, and so, you know, I kind of learned how to do it on my own um, from there. Yeah. It's a serious, it's a serious proposition. Uh, Jeff Buckley, did he not go to Musicians Institute, oh, yeah. I think? Yeah, he did. You know, and you think about a guy that talented, like you think, you imagine him being young, like why would you even bother going to school? But that refinement sometimes, you need to be exposed to other things. You need to, have, you need to be focused. 
Oh, and the yeah, networking, yeah. man. The people who work there. The people that work there, you know, they you're working with some people who the reason that they teach there is because they want to meet the new the new kid on the block, yeah. you know, and they go there not because they need to, but because they want to share their wealth and their knowledge and like and like build relationships and that in my opinion is just as important as the technical work that you yeah. learn there. And college is that way too, you know, but you're unless you're studying music in college, it's you're not going to get those types of connections. You know, because ideally your professors are working in that field or, you know, did and just had connections left over from when they did or still right. do, ideally. Right. Uh, you know, Columbia College in Chicago is like that. You know, it's kind of an arts type school uh, where people are working in the Chicago arts community that works that same kind of way. Annika is actually a, um, just recently, um, she's now a professor of songwriting at UCLA, which is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, you think about, you know, the process of songwriting. It's like this mystical thing, but it's also a process. It's like a, a muscle to a certain extent. I, I mentioned Ray Bradbury a lot on this show because his whole thing, even though he didn't write songs, you know, he was a writer and his, his methodology was he would wake up every single morning and sit down in his typewriter and write for an hour. It didn't matter if he sat and typed the letter X for an hour <laughs> or whatever letter. he did, oh, even though that's, that's not what he did. He would write, but that's, you have to work with this muscle, you know? Mm -hmm. um, keep it fresh, keep it, uh, just like any other muscle, you know, then maybe there are those of us whose songs just drop out of the ether and next thing you know, you've got 1500 songs or whatever. Yeah. Right. But you know, the, just like anything else, if you want to be good at something, you have to do it a lot, you know, and school can help you focus those kinds of things, help you get into that and into find your, your own voice and be encouraged by somebody in an environment where, cause if you just jump into a van and start touring, you know, you could really be taken advantage of in the business. So do they, oh, do they teach you like business acumen as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, and, uh, I remember Danny telling me that, uh, you, we, we were able to get away with some things that might not fly now. Cause I know MI has changed. It's gotten a lot bigger, things like that. Yeah, yeah. But we, uh, I know Danny used to tell me stories of, uh, you know, when he would like slip into some other vocal classes or things, you know, and like really pick up on it and vice versa. And I, I kind of did the same when I was there for business classes and, and, um, they they do have a specific they, they keep things very independent now. I know that there's like a basic like like general ed like you get your general business 101 and stuff like that but right right you know they they kind of do it all. So Josh, let's rewind just a little bit before cuz I want to bring us up to the point where you two met. I want to talk about that moment like how you decided that that was the way you guys wanted to go as a duo. But this just challenge issued by your mother, which is a very very wise thing on her part mm -hmm. about getting the guitar and writing your own material. Like where did that come from, do you think? Like what made her what did, what experience did she have did you think uh you know, because most parents, it seems like they would be like, okay, yeah, sure, you can earn a guitar, you know, I'll buy you a guitar, but you got to take lessons. Right. Or I'll buy you a guitar, or I'll buy you half the guitar, or and then you have to work for it, or whatever. Right. But that's a very, very specific challenge on her part. Why do you think she would say that? Did she have experience in the music business? My mom doesn't know. I'm the first one in my family. Um, I believe my grandma... Um, sings for fun but you know i don't have a very musical background with my family or my family doesn't but i guess when i was like four years old we were up in canada my mom's from from alberta and um i mean i clearly don't remember this but i guess we were in this packed restaurant and there's a piano player playing and i walk up to the piano player and my mom's watching me and she's like she's like okay he's fine you know well next thing you know the place goes dead silent apparently i grab the microphone 
and sang row, row, row your boat to this like super packed restaurant at like four years old. And so she immediately was super, you know, like, oh, this is adorable. And then, you know, when I was in grade school, um, I went to a small, I'm from a small town called Springville. And I went to this uh, school called Springville School where back in the day, they didn't have the budget to make music class separate from normal class. And I, uh, I, I dove into trumpet when I was... Uh, I would say like third grade through like seventh grade, but I couldn't keep up with my studies. Kind of similar to how Danny backed off of piano because of that. And, you know, so I was, I was always kind of digging myself into, to musical stuff. And I, and I guess that, uh, it just felt right. I don't know. She, she told me that cause I asked her that kind of thing and she just said it just felt right. So, yeah. Well, she's a smart lady past that. I mean, past that, is she around still? I hope. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, good. She, I, don't think, yeah. I don't know what made me think that, but just to no. be safe, I don't want him to be gentle with that kind Saw of. Saw her yesterday, actually. Very no, nice. yeah. Well, she's a very, very smart lady. That was a very, very good way to go about that. And then, how did she hold you to it? Like, did she say, "Okay, here's your guitar. I need a song in a month." Oh or well, did she I had say, to. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to. How did she crack the whip? Man, that's a good question. Um, we we had to wait a little while, and it's funny because the first guitar I ever got was an Ovation, and it was actually the guitar center that we live right next to in Sherman Oaks. It, a crazy coincidence how that happened. But um, she just would keep up on me, like, yo, you're practicing, you're doing this, and and, okay. and like I would want to, like, oh, I want to learn, I want to learn this song, or I want to learn this song, and she's like, you'll get around to do that, but learn it in your own way first, which after going to school, I realized you learn a lot from the greats. You learn a lot from getting yeah. inspiration from people who have done stuff that you've already done. So that, you know, there was a big benefit creative, or creatively, um, but at the same time, it took me a lot longer to learn like cool techniques that if I would have just yeah. learned a few of the greats licks, it would have helped me a lot, you know? That's but, a very funny blurry line I found like as a musician for myself coming up. Like you have to learn from other people. You have to start somewhere. Even Eddie Van Halen learned other people's songs oh, yeah. first, you know, because that's how you learn how a song is constructed, how a song is put together. Um, but I feel like you don't really find your voice as an artist until you, for me, it was a conscious moment where it's like, okay, I love, you kind of subconsciously emulate the players and the singers that you like, or that you love, that move you in some way emotionally. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, hopefully you figure out, I'm never going to get anywhere if I just keep aping this guy or this girl or this band. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you you have to consciously let go of that and just be what it is that you are and have confidence in whatever it is that you are. And that's the moment, I think, where you start to become a real artist, I think. Yeah. You know, because you can play other people's stuff for the rest of your life and even make a living doing that. But you're never going to be Dylan if you do yeah. that. You know, you're never going to be the Beatles, you know, even though they, they reinterpreted music. But it's it's wholly different, I feel. Yeah. And it, it's funny because I... Uh... I finally got her to like let me learn other material, and uh, my first two songs I ever learned were "Stairway to Heaven" and "Highway to Hell," and that was the kind of music that, which is ironic, but that was the kind of music they were yeah. into. And then when I went to school, I really found like the genre. Yeah. I had never even listened to the Beatles before until I went to MI, which is crazy. Oh my lord! I know I got a lot of flack for that. Shame on you. So I dove deep and <laughs> them after, but but it was cool, man. I, I'm I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know. All right, my mom nice. is awesome. She's well again, like the fifth time. Cool lady. That was a smart yeah. challenge on her. But I'm talking with Danny Byrne, Josh Misko, and also Nick Inick. Uh, they comprise the band Everett Coast. They're my guests this weekend, Independence Day. How about another song, gentlemen? What's this going to be? How about a new one, Danny? Yeah, let's do one. Uh, so we have our last EP, Hey Hey California. We have our current EP coming up called Lift Off, and uh, this song is like a new, new song. It's not on any EP yet. So uh, yeah, I don't let's think do that. It's called All I'll Ever Need. We've maybe performed it once. Let's try it out. Yeah, I think we performed it one or two times out live. All, All right, right, boys. Everett Coast on Independence Day. One, two, one, two, three, four. 
don't got much money in the bank No nice car, no glitz and glamour swag I don't see honey, what you see Oh, I'm just a dreamer, you don't need a guy like me She said all I'll ever need Is to wake up next to you so what's it gonna be? And I said, all I'll ever need Is for you to see my point of view Darling, oh, we'll make our dreams come true Don't got much money, but that's okay Cause I've got you and you've got me, you're my baby Ain't it funny? What people say Oh, she's just a dreamer They see in shades of gray I say all I'll ever need Is to wake up next to you So what's it gonna be? And I said all I'll ever need Is for you to see my point of view Darling, oh, we'll make our dreams come true What they say is true Dreaming, it ain't easy But it ain't dreaming without you No way, they've got no clue As long as you've got me And as long as I've got you That's all I'll ever need is to wake up next to you So what's it gonna be? And I said, all I'll ever need Is for you to see my point of view Darling, I will make our dreams come true Danny Byrne and Josh Misko, accompanied by Nick Ennick. They comprise the band Everett Coast. They're a Los Angeles-based band, more or less. They've got several EPs out and a brand new one that just dropped. You can pick up at everettcoast.com. But that's a new, new, new song that you won't even find on the new record, right? Yeah. How yeah. prolific are you guys with writing new material? Like, you do an EP every couple years, it seems. Uh, you know, how, how often do you finish a song? I would say we have probably a total of anywhere between... 30 to 50 finished songs that Original we're proud songs. of uh, mm-hmm. that aren't on any EPs. And then maybe another 20 that need work, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for the last, for working together for the last uh, really actively three or four years, I would say that's, uh, that's all right. We could probably write more. Yeah. come to think of it, but that's, you know, we write often. Yeah, we write often. We also cover a lot of bounds on our own. You know, we try to stay as... We we try to be as independent as possible with like you know our engine like Danny's an incredible engineer he does a lot of our engineering we we do a lot of our own booking and relationship development and social media and stuff like that so we you know we find that that takes a lot of time but we definitely um, like Danny mentioned in the last three or four years because it took a couple years for us to really develop but um but yeah we 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 definitely try to avidly write as much as we can and for every one song that we're proud of and we consider like awesome let's log that there could be three or four that we scrapped you know what i mean yeah things like that and that's common too brian adams who uh the canadian not ryan adams but brian adams well actually <laughs> actually he's really great honestly mm-hmm. uh vancouver-based canadian singer-songwriter world-renowned uh sold a lot of records his whole thing you know he was a songwriter guy 
really, really into songwriting, like way back in the 80s, and before he was even known, I think, for being a performer. And he wrote with a guy named Jim Valance, and they were a kind of songwriting duo. And his whole thing, I remember in an interview once, he said that I think he had written several hundred songs before he even felt confident that he was good enough wow. to like take out. And it shows. Because you listen to his music, and it's, I was going to say perfect, because but what's perfect? But everything is where it should be. The, the hooks are catchy. Um, the, you know, the, the verses are what they need to be. The parts are right. Like everything, there's nothing there that shouldn't be there, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And for that style, it works perfectly. Anyway, all hail Brian Adams. Yeah, dude, I mean, and that, and that, the one thing I hear from that is just, uh, the song gets to live, you know? Cause I, I mean, yeah. the reason it's taken us so long to get, uh, took us so long to get liftoff out because we, we want to get like, you know, we, we're, we're planning on doing a lot of singles from here on out. We yeah. want to get like a good catalog out first, but, uh, you know, we, we don't want to wait as long as, as this one took, but we hit some bumps in the road that, yeah. that, that I wouldn't call them, I, I guess they wouldn't be bumps, right? As much as just learning curves and stuff like that. And uh, so yeah. that's, you know, I, I can understand that he probably wanted the song yeah. to really marinate and develop first, you know? And even after going to school, you still have to get out and learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to find your artistic voice, especially if it's a band or a duo, because it's not just your solo voice. It's how you are as an entity, an artistic entity. Um, and I want to get back around. We'll talk a little bit more about songwriting in a minute, but I want to rewind for just a second because I want to find that moment. Uh, you said you were introduced by a teacher that you had both studied under at mm-hmm. Musicians Institute. Right. So, you know, she must have had some idea in her head, like, hey, I think these two guys would really work out together friend-wise and music-wise. And then how did, did she just approach you and say, hey, I know this other cat? Yeah, well, um, I was actually... In a, I believe I was, it was like a live performance class or something. I was getting pretty close to, uh, you know, finishing things up. And uh, part of the goal was because while I was at MI, I was strictly singer songwriter. I had, I didn't have a band. I didn't have, have other guys I was playing with. And um, she, part of the 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 requirement for it was you had to have a band to play. It was like a pro performance class or something. And, um, and I was like, well, dude, I don't know any other guitar players. And she's like, okay. And she's like, well, I know this one guy, Danny that I can hit up, um, you know, to see if you guys want to play guitar together. And then she was like, you know, now that I think about it, I think you guys would work out really well together. And I was like, okay, cool. And then it, it kind of blew over. We were doing class. And then as I was walking out the door, she's like, wait, wait, wait. And she's like, you know what? I really, I think we should do this. If, you know, she's like, she's like, I'm going to get a hold of him. And then literally, I think we, you came in like the next day, right? Like, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I got a call yeah. from Monica and she just said almost exactly that. She just said, Hey, I've got this guy in class and I think your, your, your musical styles will match up well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think you were doing like an artist development class at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And so, uh, I was invited to play, uh, the artist development showcase. Uh, yeah. And it was awesome. You know, we played three songs on stage and it just felt good. So we went from there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like Svengali in the background, pulling strings and coordinating <laughs> potions and like yeah. putting you guys together. So okay, that, so then from there, you know, uh, how did you decide? Like, because that was like of a band situation, right? Before, yeah, like, yeah, what right. made you decide to kind of pull back from that and just focus on doing it as a duo? That's an interesting question because I don't really remember when we made that decision. It just kind of happened. Like, like I think Danny was in the process of moving literally that week. And I was like, yo, I'll come help you. And we started jamming and then it just sort of developed from there. And then I literally moved in with him like a week later because he needed to do like a sublease thing. And I was uh-huh. like, all right. And um, we started writing together and, and we, you know, the one thing that I really think uh, 
we hear a lot, just like you were saying earlier about about duos or bands who are very close to each other that end up having, you know, frustrations or whatever. And we talked about that right from the get go. We're like, yo, if we're going to commit our careers to each other, let's lay everything out on the table and avoid any awkwardness in the future. Yeah. You know, so we put out finances, we put out this. It was like, okay, you're a singer songwriter, I'm a singer songwriter. How are we going to fulfill each other's needs? You know, ego aside. At least if you know it's there, you could work around it. Everyone has an yeah. ego, but you got to be able to work with it, right? And um, and we were like, dude, harmonies, man. That's like our bread and butter. That's like we both just passionately love harmony, you know? And so I think that's kind of where it began, in Woodland Hills. <laughs> we yeah. were living in Woodland Hills at the time. And uh, just sort of developed from there. It took a couple of years for us to really, really figure out how to get it started. And then it just sort of went from there. So it's basically you, like Tenacious D, sitting around in an apartment, coming up with songs about whatever, right? Oh yeah, That's yeah. How it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me this: How you know you guys are? You know you are a duo. You've been a duo for years now. Mm-hmm. What? And I want you to each talk about the other one. You know what about him? And what about him? Complements what you do. Either one of you can start. All right. Uh, this is Danny, and uh, I would say that um, our approach to music is. Pretty similar, you know, uh, you're a musician yourself, we're all musicians in this room, and, uh, you know, you can really attack a song, uh, aka, insert rock band name here, um, <laughs> or, you know, you can kind of approach a song gently, like uh, artists like Jack Johnson or, or maybe Jason Mraz, um, and so I'd say that our songwriting approach and our um, melodic ideas and uh and general message that we want to get across uh matches up pretty well and that's that that was the first thing i noticed about josh we went into class there with annika and i think i think um josh played three or four songs and i was like hey this is this is cool you know i like this approach to music i like uh i like what i'm hearing yeah i like the melodies i like these you know these chords and the different song structures and the movement of the of the piece and and so right off the bat, it, it was... Uh, but he must... There's got to be something, though, that he brings. I mean, is it as simple as just a harmony and someone to make music with? Is it his stature? Yes. <laughs> Josh is a very tall man. Is it, uh, no, I look up to him. There's got to be... There's a reason you decided to commit to working with someone that close quarters, and it's your roommates, and you have a friendship as well. But there's got to be something he brings. Well, uh, we got... At least, uh, at least for me, I got most of the help from uh, Annika. You know, I, I, it was as simple as a phone call. It was Annika that that saw. You know, sh- she heard his voice and uh, and listened to his music, and and then she she called me from there and said, "Hey, uh, I think that you guys would match up well." And so I, I kind of came into it with an open mind, and then yeah, we started singing together. And I thought the, uh, you know, um, not everybody um, can blend together well. Harmonically, you know, even if you sing the right notes, sometimes uh, sometimes voices don't blend uh, as well right. as they could, you know. And so I think right off the bat, we just started singing, and you know, it was just kind of like a mutual thing. We were like, "This is nice," you know. The felt good. This is nice. Yeah, yeah this is nice. <laughs> now, Josh, is there something that Danny brings you think that's missing, or is like maybe it's just as simple as having a person to do it with? Well, aside from his perfect face and flawless body, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know. Annika weighs, her opinion weighs so heavy with both of us. And uh, I mean, she is such an incredible individual and has been so pivotal in so many moments with us that it's almost like things were meant to be, whether people believe in that or not. Um, But it's, aside from the typical musical things where it's like, yeah, we both fit very similar niches and we complement on certain things. You know, I've... um, 
I've learned so much in guitar from Danny and we've, we've like developed as singers together and stuff like that. I think one really, really huge thing is that he's just as crazy as I am. And I think you have to be for, uh, you know, to be living in this industry and, and doing what we're doing. So, uh, that goes a long way as well. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt that we, uh, you know, get along really well and have the similar views on everything. It just yeah. kind of meshed. Well, to have the audacity to do this at all, you know, and a lot of musicians suffer from, for lack of a better phrase, self-esteem issues, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of musicians got into what they're doing because they felt alienated. We talked about Patterson Hood just a little while ago where he, he felt different. And a lot of musicians, I think, feel that way. They feel kind of, they're observers of society like other artists are, where um, they're part of society, of course, but it's kind of their job to observe it and then transmogrify that into art mm-hmm. and reflect it back at the rest of society. And look, we're getting all existential about this kind of thing. <laughs> cool. um, I like it. You guys have a pretty cool, uh, pretty, a pretty full performance schedule. You know, looking over here, you've got, you know, dates booked. Jeez, you got like a residency at the Craftsman in Santa Monica. You're playing this gig uh, at Dodger Stadium not too long later this month. Um, you know, you're up the coast a little bit. You're out to Nevada. Um, you guys are full-time music. Yeah. At yeah. this kind of thing. Um, as of about, I think, uh, seven months ago, we were working at a bar in Hollywood called The Happy Ending. Awesome, bo- awesome bar, by the way. We love Dude, those guys. They're like family. They're yeah. amazing. And uh, we reached a point where we were, you know, able to jump, and so now we're full-time music. Yeah, and that, well, that's great. I mean, I'm pleasantly envious of that kind of thing. I mean, I guess I'm kind of full-time music, but not some of it's radio. Um, what I'm getting at, I guess, is that, you know, being full-time musicians, you guys sometimes play longer sets, like if you do these residency kind of mm-hmm. things, and you, you play covers sometimes to mix in with what you do. Like, what? give me a ratio, like, for a longer show. Say you're playing a four-hour show, you're playing, you know, four 45-minute sets in a night. You know, are you doing... Because that's the thing, like, you play these shows, like, at a bar type of thing, where people are going to want to hear... Yeah, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. <laughs> like, or whatever, free bird. You know? And it's also a way to ingratiate yourself to an audience. Show yeah. them you can do a kick-ass version of don't stop believing yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. You know, they're going to remember that. And then you, because like some bands, like they go the opposite way. They play all covers and they sneak their, mm-hmm. they sneak their uh, originals in with those, you know, and then hopefully maybe it's good enough to stand up. But it's hard to compete at that level because when you put in your song as great as it may be, is not Don't Stop Believing. It hasn't been mm-hmm. played on classic rock radio since 1980 or whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah. So, but you guys come at it the other way, right? I, I mean, I'd say we have like a, you know, you know, we have we have a surprisingly large original list that mix with our covers for those kind of shows, you know, because when we yeah. play resorts and stuff, right, you know, it's like a four-hour show, things like right, that. Right. But we get away with a lot of it, man, and it's a blessing. I, I'd say 60-40-ish. Yeah. Originals 60, to covers. 60 yeah. covers, 60% covers, 40% okay. And then obviously if it's like a normal venue, like a traditional or like a show, like yeah. at, you know, like the whiskey or something, it's it's primarily originals. But yeah, for those longer shows, we, we get away with a lot more originals than you'd expect. People want to be very precious about that. Like I'm never doing covers. I'm all playing, I'm playing my music, damn it. But mm-hmm. again, it's a way to ingratiate yourself to an audience, a way to, you know, get them on your side, you know? And then if you're like you guys, if you when you throw your songs in there, uh, they're kind of in the style of what you're doing. And you've got them in at that point. If you've drawn them in, they're listening. Then you can take them home and hopefully sell them a CD. Get them to come back to the next show, that kind of thing. The reason I'm bringing this up is the next song you're going to play is it's going to be a cover. Yeah. And you've chosen this very carefully. What song is this? Uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane by uh, Tom Petty, huh? Yes, indeed. 
And you know what's so cool about that, man? Danny, Danny always inspired me with this quote. Um, um, we love covers because those are the greats that, that, you know, came before you. And what's that quote that you, you always say, man? It's really inspiring. I think I love it was, it. Uh, I think it, don't quote me on this. Uh, <laughs> don't quote me on my quote. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> don't quote me on my quote. Yeah. Um, I think it was Benjamin Franklin that said, if I see so clearly, it's because I stand on the shoulders of the giants who have come before us. Before me or before us. Yeah, um, yeah. Standing on the shoulders of the shoulders of the shoulders of giants is a yeah, phrase that I yeah. use sometimes. Yeah. 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 And and that's, you know, that's kind of what a cover song is. It's like an already um, crafted, loved melody, great lyrics. Uh, you know, it's already a tried and true song. And, right. And to put our own spin on it and get it moving through our bodies is just kind of a, it's just kind of a cool thing. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we, do, we do put twists on most yeah. of our cover songs. So. Yeah. Yeah, and you know if you're playing a Tom Petty song, not only are people going to love it, everyone in the entire universe loves Tom Petty. Yeah. It's also going to be a good song because I don't think yeah. anyone in the world does elegant simplicity as good as Tom Petty does. Oh, right. yeah. yes. Anyway, all right, so this is Everett Coast channeling Tom Petty here on Independence Day. One, two, two.
Market Square. She's standing in her underwear. She's looking down from a hotel room. Night time will be coming soon. Oh my my, oh hell yes. Hard to put on that party dress. Was too cold to cry when you woke up alone. Hit the last number and walk to the room. Last dance with Mary Jane. One more time to kill the pain. Cause I feel summer creeping in and I'm tired of this town again. Last dance with Mary Jane. One more time to kill the pain. Take it home, Danny. Come on. My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. I come to you almost every Wednesday night, www.indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com. Follow me on Twitter at Indepday. Bring you lots of great musicians, and this is the band Everett Coast, Southern California-based band, but they are out on the road. They are full-time musicians. Uh, they harmonize together very, very nicely, as you can see on that song, Tom Petty song. We uh, all hail Tom. God, I love that guy. Dude. Yes. So good. It doesn't get better than Tom Petty. <laughs> The thing yeah, about he's Petty, the ultimate, man. and it's not, it's not even that he's my favorite artist, because I've got other artists I like more than Tom Petty, but the thing about Petty, and this is my personal opinion, is that name another artist who has been at such high quality for so long, God, yeah. who's been releasing, he continues to release albums, and they're still good, and his band, crack musicians, even the same guys, almost all the way through. So, you know, again, I, I can't speak highly enough of that guy. You want to learn how to do it, right? Yeah. You know, WWTPW. Yeah. What would Tom Petty do? <laughs> Any case. So. Sam Smith agrees with you. Exactly. Oh, he no. does. And Tom, now Tom does too, now that Sam's paying Tom. <laughs> right. That. But, yes. uh, yeah. um, so you guys, you're at this full time. You're kind of out on the road. Like, how many, what, what percentage are you doing, like, out among the English away touring? Or what percentage are our shows are local? Because that's the thing. You, you can only play so many times in a local market, I yeah. feel like. You know, if there's one piece of advice I wish I could have given myself 20 years ago, it's just don't even bother playing in your hometown. Get a van and get out there. You know, what's your ratio? Jeez, what is a ratio? I feel like um, most of our, well, I would say it's 50-50, man, because I feel yeah. like for every show that we play in town, we're playing another show out of town. We're, we're, uh, we're primarily on the West Coast right now, but we, when we say West Coast, we're literally all over the West Coast. Right. Um, haven't really tapped too much in Oregon and uh, Cabo San Lucas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we haven't. Yeah, in Mexico all the time. No, no yes. partying. No, uh, we haven't. We haven't 
we've dabbled in Oregon and Washington, um, but we, you know, California, Nevada, Arizona, all of those places we hit very hard. Um, and we play a lot local, but the thing about Los Angeles, man, is, is even locals, if there are locals, cause everyone seems to be from somewhere else. Um, the concept of over the hill is almost like it's a different state. So we have a residency in Santa Monica, and we have a residency at Universal City. We have a residency in Sherman Oaks. They might as well be three different states, and they're all 20 minutes away from each other. Right. So yeah. that helps get away with things like that. And also, know? a lot of our residency gigs are like, uh, you know, the agreement is uh, we show up and we entertain whoever they have there. You know, and you're totally right about if you're playing gigs in your hometown and you're bringing your own fan base and everything, it's... Uh, you know, people aren't going to come out three or four times a week mm -hmm. right. to see you play, regardless of how much they love you, you know? And so uh, a lot of our residency gigs are like, you know, show up at the bar, show up at uh, whatever the venue is, and, uh, you know, we're just entertaining, which is which is great for us, you know? We yeah. learn how to work a crowd and learn how to control dynamics or fit in with whatever's right. happening. In some ways, I feel very stalwart about this. Like, you stick to what you do, you do what you do, and you keep true to your vision. Mm -hmm. But I feel like nobody operates in a vacuum. You know, we're all affected by what's going on. Like, you know, if you're playing and there's 10 TVs above your head, it's going to be a different show than if mm -hmm. you're seated and people are seated in a theater and they're, they've come there to specifically see you. Some people are going out to shows to have a good time. They're just going out to have a beer and see some music right? or have a beer and there's a band there mm -hmm. and now they're seeing music because they're there having a beer or a cocktail or what have you. Um, and then, you know, once you, but then there's the other side of that. Like you said, you get to a point where people are specifically coming to see you. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different thing. Then ticket prices go up a little bit. Um, but it's, again, nobody operates in a vacuum. We're all affected by what other people do, even though we wouldn't like to not do that. So it's like you kind of try to stay true to your vision at the same time that, like you said, you're entertaining people. Yeah. I think it's an important lesson that musicians need to remember. You're, you're part of their good time, or, or entertainment can be sad. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you're part of that too. It's the whole of the human experience. Here we go with the existential stuff again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. And I like it. I well, find I find that our band. Uh, sorry, this is Danny, by the way. But I find that our band um, learns the most from those tough crowds. You oh know? yeah, it's easy to you know. We've played some shows um, where you bring out all your friends, and you know, no matter what you play, everybody cheers. No matter what you say, everybody laughs or whatever. But it, you learn a lot from those tough crowds that are like, you know, they're not there to see you. Like you said, they're there right. to have a good time and. Uh, if if the music's there, their attitude is, well, this better be good, right. or... Or it's just interrupting their conversation they're yeah, having, or yeah. hooking up, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but we, we learn a lot from those tough crowds, man. Oh, dude, priceless, priceless. Because it's like, in the end, one of our biggest passions is like, be a showman. Don't just go up there right. and be stuck to the set list and just play a song. Like, like, like even if we play the same set list to eight shows... Every show is going to be so different because the energy of the night's going to be different. The people are going to be different. And so that was one big concern as well for us when we, we started booking a lot because, you know, it's like while we focus on publishing and different things and trying to get this record out, we've got to, you know, make that extra money and play more. We run risk of oversaturation. Right. And so that's what Danny says. You know, we're, we're very grateful for a lot of our residencies or entertainment gigs to where we aren't really pushing them too hard. Well, you know, we'll post about them, but we won't like flex for them. But then when we have our showcase gig. our showcase it's like we're, we're very grateful to have a we can do a pretty awesome showcase in la which is a tough town in the first place and yeah. so that's what we're gonna do you know for the it's, it's not just us either you know everybody on stage is putting on the show and uh that was the first thing that caught our our attention from nick we saw him playing with a good friend of ours mm -hmm. named bradford hunter ray also a great singer songwriter in his own right and it was um, awesome we saw nick 
playing i think you were playing cajon for the first time with yeah. brad and it still had the, still had the price tag on it still had the labels <laughs> yeah you know and he was just so animated and it, and it's infinitely more entertaining seeing two people on stage animated and having a good time and that was one of the first things we saw about nick and so as soon as he got off stage we're like we got to get his number yeah mm-hmm. gotta get him playing with us everybody's stage demeanor is so very different i've had a couple of guitar players in my band who could tear the room in half you know, but but you know the first guy I had back in Chicago, like he definitely had the Kavorka. You know what Kavorka is from Seinfeld? Kramer had the Kavorka, oh, which was yes. this, which was this yeah. thing that drew women to him, <laughs> drew people to him. It's like I don't know, I've got the Kavorka. Yeah, that's what we, that's what we don't like about Nick because all the girls go straight yeah, to Nick. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got all right. the Kavorka. What's wrong with you, man? Spread the um, love. <laughs> but uh, so my the that guy had the Kavorka, but then the guy I had here in L.A. was equally as good, and in some ways maybe even better. But he was like a statue. Oh. But 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 it's funny though because he had a different kind of kavorka. Like he had this very intense stare, so he would stand there and he'd be tearing the room apart and he'd have this little grin because that he knew he was badass. <laughs> Creeping. <Yeah. laughs> no, it's, it was cool. It was cool. But it's like you know, because there's a thing that like somewhere between like somewhere between Van Halen and being asleep on stage <laughs> yeah. is where because you know, most people can't be David Lee Roth. That's, right, right. That's over the top. But that's right. why Van Halen is so good. Yeah, yeah. But you can't be asleep either because even if you're playing. I don't know Brahms Requiem. It's it's a, it's a show in mm-hmm. some regard. Anyway, I'm getting all down a different that's, topic. Well, no, no I awesome mean it's though. it's true, man. And uh, one we've played with a ton of different musicians as we as we have developed, and uh, it's so important to us to not do like oh Everett Costa duo ignore the musicians. It's like no, it's like we want our our boys whoever they are on stage with us at that moment to have an identity. We want them to be performing right. like it's their own show because. Because that's like, it's so special to us because I know it's important to them as well. And and let's like use Nick, for example, because he's here with us right now. Our friends and fans refer to him as like, oh, is Nick going to be there? Is oh, right, Nick right. going to be playing? It's not like, oh, is the drummer playing? Or, who, or do you have a cajon yeah. or, a, or a set tonight? It's like, oh, is Nick playing? And and we want that because it yeah. just builds beautiful relationships on stage. And, and that's an unseen it's like a feeling thing. People feel that, you know? And so that's, you know, I guess that kind of capitalizes on that. How many shows are duo shows as opposed to having more musicians? Oh, well, we try to do mostly full band now. Um, and like by full, full band, band, I mean... Like full on drums, bass full, and Yeah, full on drums. Okay. Um, Nick will mostly be playing like a full kit and stuff like that, but with like all kinds of cool hands percussion stuff yeah. too but um yeah drums bass and then the duo and then we'll incorporate keys eventually probably right like synth or something but yeah. um <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly um we did duo for years man um and then eventually um eventually we found nick and nick yeah. brought in the whole percussion thing and then we finally found a bass player who's really incredible named jacob bartfield he went to berkeley college of music and oh, he's just yeah. a Oh man, he's one of those guys on the bass that's just like you can just get lost in what he's doing, and Mm -hmm. that's a tough thing to do on the bass guitar. You know what I mean? Like you can get lost in uh, someone shredding the electric guitar, but to get lost in somebody playing the bass bass guitar is like something special. It's like playing with Michael Jordan. Everyone else stands around and watches him play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He makes me. He did this solo at a show we played in Reno like last week that I like looked right at him and I was like, I don't want to play guitar anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We actually (laughs) found uh, Jacob at um, uh, one of Nick's events. Okay. Called Songwriter Sundays at Fox and Hounds. Are you still doing that? Yeah, every Sunday night, Fox and Hounds, Studio City, man. Yeah, yeah such cool, a cool, man. such a cool thing. That's where we found. That's where we found Jacob. Uh, he was on stage with a band called Tennessee Trouble, which was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. One last question, then I want you to play your last songs. We got to roll out of here pretty shortly. But 
This is kind of a general question, so you can answer it any way you want. But how independent are you guys? You know, you mentioned having record producers before, but in terms of booking, in terms of your social media presence, in terms of your own management, how in, how, how independent are you? Very, very. I, I can't think of... Uh, since we got that uh, access to that studio, which is awesome studio, man, I can get into the gear with you, and I know you know what I'm talking about, but uh, it's it's amazing. So since we got that... We can record on our own. We can, um, you know, Josh is putting in all the emails and, uh, and, and booking all of these shows on our own, you know. Um, I'm at this point mixing the record. Um, and so we outsource for mastering and a few other things. But for the most part, we, I mean, musicians yeah. and, um, you know, if we need to get into a good studio for, for drums, for example, you know, studio time. But And yeah. I don't... I don't want to take a, a, like, I don't want to take 100% credit for booking. We we do it all ourselves, but it's it's about like you know building relationships. Do we book with Nick too, right? And like, and like, um, it's such a and this is actually something we didn't capitalize on that I am personally incredibly grateful for. Is we we both literally fill opposite niches independently that need to be done. So for instance, Danny spending just countless hours on engineering and doing all this stuff that would cost us thousands of dollars. I'm doing our management, our social media, our booking. And while this is all happening, twice as much work's getting done. Right. And, um, you know, we're definitely feeling the heat now because, uh, you know, we're writing a little bit less because of it. And as things are getting bigger, you know, eventually we'll have to have a manager and, right. you know, we'll, we'll have to do stuff like that. But I mean, and it, it will be nice when uh, when we get to the point where the work becomes so overwhelming that that we need someone yeah. else, you know? Yeah. Um, at this point, especially since we left the bar, we wake up in the morning and it's all Everett Coast all the time. All just day. working yeah. on, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what the next step is for us. It's a great position to be in, you know. Every, oh, so dude. many people strive for that. And uh, I think more than ever before, at least it seems to me, uh, because there are, I feel like being in LA is part of this. There are so many musicians and so many people like each on their own path, trying to get to the point where they're making a living at doing mm -hmm. music. Um, but I feel like more than ever before, we've got so many musicians who are doing other things because they're yeah. doing, I don't want to call them part-time musicians because that's not really fair. Their art is just as important as to their life as anything else is, but they're making some of their living at it. You know, right. you'll see people playing headlining. I mean, people headlining the Troubadour have day jobs. Mm -hmm. People headlining House of Blues have day jobs. And maybe not a full-time day job, but they're doing something. Right, bartending. You know? So you guys are in a great position. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm happy to hear it. Well, the thing, the thing that we saw, especially working in, in Hollywood for so long, is just so, sometimes it seems, and I, and I don't want to say this in any sort of negative light because everyone teach their own, but sometimes it seems that uh, people aren't willing to do whatever they have to do work. To, to work. Yeah. And, and like, I feel like all of our idols say the exact same thing. When they say work, they mean work, man. Like, yeah. I mean, all day, every day, like right. you don't expect like, Oh, I need a manager because he's going to, he's, I need a booking agent or I just can't book a gig. It's like, how are you supposed to build that relationship if you don't find that person or if you don't book your own gig or you don't, I don't, you know, it's like, uh, I, I I do credit a lot of us even being where we are now because we were like, dude, screw spending that money, screw trying to let's just figure this out ourselves, yeah. and then we'll meet the people who do that eventually, you know. And technology enables us to do that more than ever before as well. Oh, dude. And I love yeah. the phrase, uh, you know, luck is such a big part of music because it it really really is. I mean, yeah. It's a crazy profession to be involved in, and a lot of people like to say, well, you got to be lucky, and that's true. But I love the phrase, luck favors the prepared. 
And the word preparation is synonymous with work. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. Oh, yeah. Because if you can keep working at it, I mean, unless you're horrifically unlucky, you know, <laughs> like you slaughtered a village in a prior <laughs> life or something like that. And now you want to be a singer-songwriter? Now you want to be a singer-songwriter. In this life, you're, you're you know, you're just, your luck is Good on the Lord. wrong side. But uh, you, that work, is I, it comes back to that all the time. You just have to put in the work. And if you do put in the work, it's hard. It's, you may not be headlining at Staples Center, but you can make a life out of it if you're willing to work at it. And then there's nowhere to go but up, man. Exactly. And I love that you said that because one of the biggest quotes that we aspire to is literally luck. The definition of luck is opportunity meets preparedness. And that's exactly what you just said. And that's one of our biggest like live by things. And with that, how about one last song, guys? What's this? So, so bad. You want to do one of the new new songs on the on uh, liftoff? Yeah, let's do that. All right, it's a little ballad, a little love song called So, So Bad. All right. So happy to have you guys once again, Everett Coast on Independence Day. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Thank you. said when I was young that I'd meet girls like you She never told me about the wild and crazy things you'd do Now I'm strung out on your love just like a drug Like an addict to your loving And you can keep it coming I'm sorry mom, I'm in too deep and there's no going back She had me hooked with just one look and now I'm seeing black You got me strung out on your love just like a drug Like an addict to your loving and you can keep it coming Oh, you take me And play me like a symphony You're like my cigarettes and coffee bean Baby, you're my nicotine That's so, so bad And so everything I need Oh, you're like Buclico and limousines Cocaine to my Charlie Sheen You're so, so bad Oh, you're so, so bad You're so, so bad So grab my hand and run with me We'll take the world by storm Each step we take and rule we break Just leaves us wanting more I should know better but I'm just too young to care I'm an addict to your loving And you can keep it coming Oh, you take me and play me like a symphony You're like my cigarettes and coffee beans Baby, you're my nicotine that's so, so bad And so everything I need Oh, you're like Buclico with limousines Cocaine to my Charlie Sheen So, so bad Oh, you're so, so bad With every step we take And every rule we break With each mistake we make You're like my cigarettes and coffee bean Baby, you're my nicotine that's so, so bad And so everything I need Oh, you're like Bolico with limousines Cocaine to my Charlie Sheen So, so bad Oh, you're so, so bad You're so, so bad In everything I need You're so, so bad is so, so bad.
That was Everett Coast on Independence Day. You can follow them on Twitter at Everett Coast. Also visit their website, everettcoast.com. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They are everywhere. They're in your brain. We are everywhere. Good stuff, man. You guys got a pretty, we mentioned this just a little bit before. We've got a pretty big, uh, you know, concert schedule. You've got like a regular thing at the Craftsman over in Santa Monica, but then you're doing a thing at Dodger Stadium later this month, Gateway Entertainment. That's on the 18th. Uh, Universal City Walk on April 29th. You've got some festivals coming up. The details aren't fully uh, cement yet. So, you know, I'm sure you can go to their website and find out about that. Um, you've got this brand new EP that just dropped. You guys have got new, new songs. You played one of them just a little while ago. So mm-hmm. you're, you've got new songs. You guys are just rolling. Yes, indeed. Trying to, man. <laughs> just keep moving forward. You know, I'd keep say rolling. we have, we have uh, at least three more EPs worth of material that we got to get to, you know, and yeah. just... We're getting ready to release some new singles, and we're working on a bunch of new stuff. And that that yeah. song that they heard recently uh, will be one of them at some point. And All right, final yeah. question for you two gentlemen: uh, goals. What are your goals? Macro. We want to take over the world, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a sense, in a sense, goals. I mean, I think that music in general is just about about sharing. You know, like we're creating this stuff that uh, the more people that see it the better you know we want to uh, reach as many people as possible in our lifetime with this art that we're so passionate about and want to share um whether or not that means you know we're playing a gig on the top of the world or we're playing in a bar somewhere you know we we just want to share our music yeah and yeah i mean i I couldn't have said it better than that man and it's just eventually you get to a point where sky's the limit you know just keep moving forward all right, boys. Well, keep at it. You're doing the right stuff. Thank you, Joe. Joe thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, man. It was my pleasure. So thank you to Danny, Josh, and Nick from Everett Coast. Also to the Independence Day staff, Valentino Rivera, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The indefatigable Tony Tonelok Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, I am Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another. <laughs>